are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you, where it is the first Friday of February, and there's no football this weekend, but do you know what today is? Today's a football Friday. Football Friday? How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton on the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Damn right, Mark. Although I have to admit, I was a little worried there. You, you were like halfway down the Ron Burgundy roll. I was just like, whoa, 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 just make sure you stop before you get to the end. <laughs> you know, I have never, ever read off a teleprompter. Never, you know, I, I didn't have communicate. I didn't study communications right. in college, so I didn't get any of that. Right. And I know you're the one who's always said that's a lot harder. Yes. Than pe- than than it seems. Well, there's two things about it. First off, the person operating the prompter, if in fact a person is still doing it and it's not being done, because even when I and I haven't done local TV in 20 years, but 20 years uh, last week actually, but. When I was leaving the business, sometimes you had it set up where literally the anchor could, you know, almost like with a click of the mouse and what have you, we could control the speed of the prompter sometimes. There were some prompters that were set up in which it didn't need a prompter operator. But the first key mark is that the person operating the prompter has to do the words at the speed in which you read them. Also, in theory, you want the line that you're on to be in the middle of the screen. Not at the top, not at the bottom. First off, you don't want the eyes to be following it because, you know, you want to give the appearance that somehow, some way, you're looking directly at the viewer and you're just rattling off this story about the transportation strike as if the words are not in front of you. And so, and it actually takes a little bit of skill to learn to read the screen without your eyes moving because you don't want to give it away either so it, so it is it's it's a little bit you'd be surprised when you see some people who aren't that great at the prompter the eyes get like manhole covers well i and- re- i remember and i don't know if it was in boston or where he was playing but danny ainge did this did the local sports and i remember okay. they're making a deal on it and he was the one who said wow that's um that's a lot harder than I thought. Sure. And this is years ago, but just he talked about reading the prompter and just that yep. it was a, had a little more respect for the people sitting in those chairs after he tried to do it. I, it is a skill. Okay. And then you can go back to thinking of us as the way Bob Seeger did, you know, the bubble-headed bleach spawn that comes on at five. And trust me, it applies to the men too. You know, but yes, there, there is actually a touch of skill. Then your hair's got to be right. And if you're a guy, the tie. Okay, the two most important things, hair and tie. Okay, you could be a moron, all right? If you have good hair and your tie is tied properly, honestly, and just somehow come across likable. You know, some morons are not likable. Some morons are. And that's all, just be likable. Toughest skill to acquire, by the way, likability. And once someone has it, you never get rid of them. Ever. I don't know what the sports equivalent is. Winning? So-and-so's a winner. Uh, okay, we'll keep him around until, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, Mark coaches have their favorites. 
Okay, they go to a new city. Who do they bring in? They bring in, you know, the equivalent of the teacher's pet. Why? Uh, we win with him. I don't know what to say. I mean, Haslam. The Heat would still have Haslam on the roster if he wasn't finally like, you know what, I really got to give it up. They're like, are you sure? I mean, it's not like you're playing. You know, you come here, you work out. You know, you yell at the guys when they need yelling. So... That's all. I do think you're right on the sports equivalent. It's the, it's that it factor. It's the, yeah. the winning that they can't. Yeah. He's just right. a winner. He he's got that it factor. Don't know yeah. what it is. He's uh-huh. got it. Yeah. This guy doesn't. He does. Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's face it. Right now, half the league that's in it and covering it is mesmerized by Brock Purdy. They're like, what? The, what, what? What is it? I mean, look at him. He's not big. He's not strong. But what did we see last week? Ah, quick little sucker, huh? Gamer. A gamer. Winner. You know, it doesn't always make the smart play. Hell, he's throwing the ball across his body down the middle of the field. Not every play is smart. Yet somehow, some way, the ball mostly gets there. Guys like him. Guys respond to him. What was the first thing they said about Purdy when he took over midway through last year? You know, Jimmy G was in the huddle. Uh, Trey Lance was in the huddle. And who was the guy who took control of the huddle? Like, they were talking. There was a very – it might have been his first game. And he's in the huddle, and some of the veterans are talking, and Purdy told them all to shut the blank up. And the veterans looked at him like, Okay. All right, dude. You want to take this train and try to take it down the tracks? Let's see what you got. So, you know, anyway. Yes, it is a skill. And, you know, there's not much after that in local news. I got to be honest with you. The skilled people are the people that you, you don't see. They're the talented ones, uh, and the camera people and what have you. That's the skill. Hey. Us anchors. There's a lot of it the same way, but when we watch football on Sunday, the talent's the people in the truck. Right. Not necessarily the ones we're listening to. No doubt about it. For as much as Burkhart and Olsen are getting, you know, kudos for the job they did, trust me, Richie Science and Rich Russo are doing a far better job producing and directing that sucker. And then, and then all the people in that room, the replay yep. people, the people totally. that are that are doing the switch, the switcher work is just amazing to me. Yep. Uh, of the person that's going, the the amount of information that's going through that person's ear and having Absolutely. to translate it and get it out, it's great stuff. Great it stuff. It really is. So, but yeah, n- nice way to start the show. And uh, as people are pointing out, the Twitch chat room. Yeah, I, I even went Bob Seeger. Even though it's Don Henley that sings the song. It was Don Henley who did Bubblehead of Bleach Pond? Yeah. That comes That's why he's five? got Seeger with the three question marks after it. And I just said, forget it, he's rolling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Germans bomb Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, once again, at this hour, the wires aren't all touching <laughs> at this hour. I mean, that doesn't start until, you know, sometime between the starting five and the play of the day. You think, really... the, you think the starting five is actually for you on this show, when in fact that's just David's time to get his head, his wires completely connected. Right. Basically the starting five on my sheet, you know what it says? Get your head out of your, that. that's what the segment's called on my sheet. Right. 
So <laughs> that's right. It is Don Henley. Huh. Uh, Germans bomb Pearl Harbor. I'll be damned. Miller and Moulton on this football Friday because, well, Pat Kerwin's going to be on. And he's been at the Senior Bowl all week. Did you hear the most fascinating thing that I believe came out of Mobile this week? So on Tuesday and Wednesday, the quarterbacks and the receivers were struggling. And they were struggling with the ball. Uh, Everybody was saying the ball was slick. The ball was slick. All right. And, of course, you know, they've got the footballs they've got. And, you know, you got the scouts and everybody that are like, yeah, these guys are just making excuses. Yeah. Bo Nix went out after practice Wednesday, went and found like two dozen used footballs. Brought them to the Senior Bowl yesterday. They threw and caught the scuffed-up footballs. Everybody performed a lot better. I'll be damned. Look at Bo Nix. Yeah. I'll be damned. Is this the equivalent of, I mean, in golf, it's not this way. Did you ever think that you don't play well with the new golf balls? Like when you take them right out of the sleeve, you go, Man, is there any way I could, like, you know, rough these up a little bit? You know, I don't want to put a smile in it. I just want to – can I bounce one off a cart path early? Can I just scuff it up a little bit? Then this sucker will be broken in. It'll be ready for my game. Love the cart path reference because the other day I happened to hit one and I looked at – oh, cart path. And I'm not one of those that would ever put the ball away because it's got a scuff mark on it. I'm not good enough. I'm not not retiring this golf ball. I'm an 11 handicap. We're going to keep playing. Right, like you missed that putt because of the scratch from the golf Correct. cart on 13. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, good for you. But I have to admit, sometimes, you know, you break out the new sleeve, and I used to just stare at it and go, I don't know. These balls look too good. Too good. You know, you can't, you can't, like, it's not like a pitcher getting a new ball, and he goes behind the mound and, you know, he starts working it, and you put some dirt on it. And, Could you, you know, imagine he, if Tiger pulled out the new golf ball and you're seeing him on 7T, and he's working the golf ball, and he's bouncing it off the cart path a couple of times? Yes, he's rubbing it. And grabs a rosin bag. So, I mean. Yes. Wouldn't that be, and everybody going, what's he doing? I think he's working it in, Jim. But, ah. Miller and Moulton. So it's a football Friday because we're going to pack Kerwin and Mobile. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ask them how people looked with the slick footballs and then uh, with the uh, broken in footballs. Did you guys watch any of the skills competition last night at the Pro Bowl games? Oh, my goodness. He didn't. That's how he That's how he opened his mic today. He oh. nearly got fired before the show. What? And he doesn't even realize it. Well, what did he do? He didn't know where Gatorade was invented. You work for the Florida Sports Network. That seems that's probably my fault for not putting that in the interview questions. So, so you never put one on one together there, huh? No, I didn't. Mark talked me through it, and I got there, but I, I had to figure that out for myself. Can I ask a question? How long was the talking through process? I mean, this. 10 seconds, probably. I was going to say, it doesn't seem to be much of a a process. I mean, okay. Well, Mark was just like Trent, Trent, Trent. So I knew it had to be something obvious. Gatorade. Oh, Oh, okay. uh, All right. So your wires aren't touching either. No. The old guys. All right. Good. No, he looked a lot like Wisconsin in the second half this morning after that. 
Damn. Top 10 team in the country up 16 at the half. Eh, I don't think so. 100 and 20 and 0 when taking a 15 point or greater lead into the half. They'd never, ever lost. Till last night. That'll be part of the starting five. That's the biggest basketball win for Nebraska in a long time. Hell. Biggest I mean, sporting win. Well, that's their volleyball yeah. teams won championships. I mean, we can't right. discount that. Exactly. Maybe on the men's side. Yes. It is. That's the biggest men's athletic accomplishment in Nebraska since, like, the George W. Bush administration. Miller and Malton, thanks for listening. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Pat Kerwin live from the Senior Bowl in about 90 minutes time here on Miller and Moulton. Thanks so much for being with us. And that's why it is still a Football Friday. Football Friday. And you could argue that the biggest story of the day yesterday was NFL-related. bunch of coaching news, including... The final head coach vacancy filled. Your thoughts, Mark, on Dan Quinn to the Commanders? Um, you know, like a lot of people, I don't want to say an incomplete, but who's the offensive coordinator going to be? Because I think a lot depends on who his staff is and how well this works. Well, that's a great point you bring up, Mark, because the first name that has been brought up is Chip Kelly as offensive coordinator. Now, Chip's name came up a couple weeks ago. There was a report, you know, Chip might be interested in leaving college and going to the NFL. And the reason that I use that voice is because two weeks ago, when that report came out, the thought in the industry was Chip is trying to create leverage on UCLA so that they'll extend his contract. My understanding, though, of his contract is if he were to leave now, he has to write a pretty sizable check back to UCLA. If he stays one more year, it's either nothing on the check or very little. So there were a lot of people that knew his contract who were saying, yeah, he ain't leaving now because he'll basically work two years in the NFL for free if he leaves now but now his name has come up again mark so maybe there is some there there what would you think about chip kelly as an oc in the nfl well i wouldn't be against it chip's a lot more flexible it's not like chip is just like, this is my system, and, you know, we'll fit square pegs into round holes. I mean, Chip takes a look at the talent that's around him. I mean, remember that season he put together with the Eagles, Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Nick Foles was like a third, fourth-round pick at Arizona who hadn't played. 
you know, Chip, Chip's not doesn't have the greatest people skills in the world. But if he's not the head coach, I don't think it matters. Although everybody's making a big deal about Vic Fangio in Miami and his people skills. Right. And the defense played really well until it got hurt. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out why the people skills matter. They were a top 10 defense until the defense got banged up at the end of the year. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, but David, you and guys, I, you right, and I right. have sometimes lacked people skills when it comes to business type things. So yep. we can look at the Fangios and the Chip Kellys of the world and going, yeah, if it works, just do what they say. This isn't that hard. So, you know, I mean, put it this way. Cliff Kingsbury is offensive coordinator. Chip Kelly is offensive coordinator. You know, Cliff took Arizona to the playoffs once, you know, with Kyler Murray, but he was brought into that job because of Kyler Murray. He coached him on Saturdays, and Arizona said, well, might as well bring in the guy who coached him on Saturdays if we're going to get the most out of him. But now Cliff Kingsbury is reportedly going to be hired to be somebody else's offense coordinator without Kyler Murray. So whose play calling would you have more faith in next year? Chip Kelly in Washington or Cliff Kingsbury in Vegas? Chip Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't mind choice B. I really don't. I I think Kingsbury could sell a lot of people on what his offensive vision is, and it very well could be a, a strong one. So, but Dan Quinn, who clearly was a fallback candidate, clearly. You know, I mean, but so was John Wood back in the day. He was. He was no better than the fourth choice, apparently, for the UCLA gig. It reportedly worked out okay. So, you know, sometimes the fallback candidate we end up laughing about four, five, six years down the road. Huh, thank goodness so-and-so didn't take the job. I mean, Nick Saban was not the first choice for Alabama, by the way. Rich Rodriguez took the job, went home. His wife said, I don't want to go to Tuscaloosa. I don't want any part of Tuscaloosa. And by the way, you have a team that can win the national championship here next year. What are we doing? And Rich Rod woke up and told Alabama, no, I'm good. Wait a minute. I thought you were at West Virginia. Yeah, I'm staying. I, I'm sorry. West. Yeah, you don't like okay. Tuscaloosa, but you're going to stay in Morgantown, Morgantown, West Virginia. Right. O- okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, funny things happen. You know, Ben Johnson would rather stay offense coordinator in Detroit than be head coach of the Commanders. By the way, did you happen to catch who was really upset about the way that's because Adam Schefter oh, yeah. tweeted out that Ben Johnson apparently wanted his what he wanted was more than teams were willing to pay him. Right. Hey, big ask, Ben Johnson. Big right. ask big ask. Right. And Mike Florio right. is up in arms over Adam Schefter's people not taking Adam Schefter's accountability into question for making that tweet. Mike right. Florio, who makes things up daily. Mike Florio, who is the king of this may happen. Well, yes, and I may get hit by a bus later today. Yes. These are three people who didn't sleep in my bedroom last night. Right. Right. 
But yes, Mike Florio, outraged that Adam Schefter is getting a pass. Ah, lighten up, Francis. And then had to put in there, we used to be friends, but we're not anymore. Yes. Felt it was important to set the record straight. Because the one thing we all were wondering about was Mike Florio's relationship status with other members of the media. Oh, he's not ratting on a friend there, is he? Oh, all righty then. I couldn't help it. It made me smile. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a little media-on-media media crime, right? Media-on-media media hate. You know, nothing as important as the media. Just ask the media. Right. Absolutely. Do you guys ever have beef with any local media down here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. There was – oh, man – I, I'm brutally honest, there's there when we were together and only in Southwest Florida, and we did our show for you know ten years together. There were two other shows: one while we were doing it, and then one that came after us. They hated us. We never knew who any of them were. We never met them. We never spoke to them. They hated us, said bad things about us on the air. All right. I literally wouldn't know any of these hosts if they walked up to me and punched me in the mouth. Mark, would you know him? Now I would. Okay. I still wouldn't know him. Now I would because I've I've seen them and okay. now I would recognize them. But yes. for the majority of the time, the same as David. Yes. I was just curious. And I one of those guys is now working nationally. You know, I mean, he's he's the producer of a, a big national show. Yeah, took shots at us all the time. And I would be like, who are you talking? Who is this guy? Who's? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, Trent. I mean, we're worthy of, you know, taking shots at. I mean, we know on a scale of one to ten, you know, we're somewhere between a three and a half and a six. We got it. Okay, but still, you at least have to be a three and a half. I'm sorry. You can't be a 1.4 coming after 3.5. Sorry. That's not how it works. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour. Pat Kerwin in a little more than an hour. Live from Mobile and the Senior Bowl. They're saying that at least a quarter of the first round could be in Mobile, working out and practicing and playing in the Senior Bowl. That it's a, it's a really good uh, crop of talent. Really good crop of talent on the O-line this year, and most of them are in Mobile. Yep. A couple of pass rushers also have stood out. So uh, talk to Pat Kerwin in a little more than an hour about what he has witnessed and what he has heard in talking to folks. Plus, they interviewed a bunch of players. He also had the uh, new Seahawks head coach on his show yesterday. So we'll talk to Pat about what he has gathered in the last three days in and around the NFL coming up. Speaking of the NFL, it is time for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. 
It's the starting five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. Eight tracks working today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Trent, by the way, have you ever seen an eight-track machine? Uh, not in person. Well, how would you see? Well, I know what it looks like, like just TV? because. Oh, okay. Are, but I don't, I've never seen one. Gotcha. All right. So you've never actually put an eight-track in an eight-track deck. Correct. The eight-track was the shortest-lived musical genre. I mean, you know, we had albums. Albums have come back. I mean, eight tracks were supposed to replace the album. The eight-track was quickly replaced with a cassette. Yeah, I was going to say, did eight tracks last like half a decade? That sounds about right, if that. I mean, the back end of the 70s, I thought, and I don't even know if eight tracks like made it into the 80s as a popular you know, form of listening to music. I thought we like went back. To me, Mark, eight tracks were like new Coke. All right, that we had Coke. They threw new Coke out there. We didn't really like it. I thought we went back to albums. We like pushed eight tracks aside. We went back to vinyl, and yeah. then we just waited for CDs to come out. I, you or know no, what? Cassettes. You're you're right. No, we, but the eight track was popular enough in automobiles. There was enough yes. eight tracks put in cars. Yes. That you then had the eight track cassette adapter. Right. Right. Which you know doubled as a vacuum. Okay, <laughs> that you could then. And all right, uh, Dan Quinn, new head coach of the Washington Commanders. He's been the Cowboys defense coordinator for the last three years. Before that, you know, he did five plus years in Atlanta as the head coach. You know, first three years are pretty darn good. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. You know how many times the Falcons have gone to the Super Bowl? Twice. Dan Quinn took them there. And yet apparently the guy can't coach. By the way, it's not his. I mean, is it his fault that they blew the 28-3 lead? Kyle Shanahan was calling the offensive plays. What's he doing throwing the ball when all they need to do is run it, run out the clock? And Kyle Shanahan's a genius. Dan Quinn's an idiot. Um, no terms. So we don't know if he got a four-year, five-year, six-year deal, or whatever. Reportedly, though, he's interested in hiring Chip Kelly as his offensive coordinator. All right, we'll see. Speaking of which, Cliff Kingsbury expected to be named the Raiders offensive coordinator. Remember yesterday, the Dolphins were going to interview Chris Shula to be their defensive coordinator. Well, Chris Shula has been a defensive coach with the Rams for the last seven years. The Rams said, uh, yeah, we ain't letting that happen. So Chris Shula is now the Rams defensive coordinator. Okay. Okay. All right. By the way, don't you have to think if he does a decent job, good job, don't you have to think one day Chris Shula interviews to become head coach of the Dolphins? You mean if they miss the playoffs next year? I don't know about that quickly, but maybe huh? the guy after, after the guy? Okay. All or right. if McDaniel puts it together and stretches this out, but by the end of the decade they're ready to move on? Don't you think? Come on. Got to be on the short list, right? Absolutely. Uh, there are those that wondered in the last week or so when Tennessee hired Brian Callahan if his dad, Bill, would leave the Browns and go be his offensive line coach in Tennessee. And the answer is yes. 
And the Browns let Bill out of his contract. This is the first time, I believe, in the NFL. Monty left the NFL to go be on Lane's staff at Tennessee, the Volunteers, Tennessee. But, Mark, they believe this is the first time a father is going to be the assistant for the son in the NFL. There have been many sons who have been on dad's staff. I mean, we just saw it in New England with Belichick. Uh, Shanahan had hit Kyle on his staff. I mean, you know, we've seen a bunch of that. But believe first-time son hiring dad as an assistant. So offensive line coach in Tennessee, Bill Callahan. Alex Van Pelt, who's been the Browns' offensive coordinator the last four years, although he didn't call plays, well, he's going to get to do that now in New England. He's uh, Gerard Mayo's choice to be their offensive coordinator. A significant trade went down last night in Major League Baseball. Yeah, how about that? Baseball having an offseason. Huh. Who knew? Uh, Corbin Burns, good pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, won the Cy Young in 2021. 200 innings guy in a day and age in which they're talking about 160 innings being a workhorse. Uh, The Orioles gave up two prospects, one an outfielder, one a left-handed pitcher, and the 34th pick in the upcoming draft. There you go. Yeah, I know. Now there you go. Now we're now we're starting to act like a real sports league. There we go. We're trading draft picks. There you go. Uh, Burns is a it's a rental. He's a one year deal. He's a free agent after 2024, and he's 29 years of age. Now remember, Orioles going to have new ownership, so maybe the Orioles can keep him. Could be a new day in Baltimore. Uh, Marlins outfielder Jazz Chisholm lost his arbitration case. Mark, they were arguing over $275,000. And we've always wondered. We asked uh, David Sampson a couple weeks ago. You asked him. You go, come on. You know, when when you're offering 2-6 and they're going 2-9, you guys really can't meet in the middle? And you know David. He's a hard-line negotiator. And he's like, no, man, sometimes you just have to, even though he talked about going to arbitration with Cody Ross, in which they both, I mean, it was a game and they both knew it. And he said, we were passing notes to one another in the arbitration hearing, like we were seventh graders in class. So anyway, uh, Chisholm lost. He'll make $2.625 million this year instead of $2.9 million. Mark, I would always try to split the deal. I'd be like, come on, let's settle in the middle. And out. but according to Sampson, they don't. No, ever. No. Uh, NBA. So no LeBron and no AD, and yet the Lakers go into Boston and beat the team with the best record in the league, one fourteen one hundred five. Austin Reeves with thirty two. Yeah, they hit nineteen threes. They might not do that in their next four games. Once again, though, no LeBron, no AD. They beat the best team in the league on their home court. Uh, Knicks have won nine in a row. You know they're a half a game behind Milwaukee for the two seed? It's been a while since the Knicks have been that high up in the Eastern Conference standings. 
this is, you know, rarefied air for the Knicks. It just Knicks fans are like, is this for real? Are we supposed to buy into this? This can't be for real, right? I mean, look at where we are in the standings. We're in the top part of the standings. I don't even look there anymore. 109-105 over Indiana. Uh, Cleveland beat Memphis, 108-101. No Embiid, no problem, because Tyrese Maxey said, give me the ball. And he scored 51 Sixers over the Jazz, 127-124. They named the All-Star Reserves yesterday. And young Paolo Bancaro gets his first All-Star bid from Orlando. Good job, Paolo. College hoops. Wisconsin up 16 at the half against Nebraska. What was it, like 28-8 to start the game? Something ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, Nebraska down 16 at the half, and yet Wisconsin had to hit a late bucket to force overtime, and in the OT, Nebraska won. 80-72, down goes the sixth-ranked Badgers. So Carolina... Tennessee, Wisconsin, three of the top six teams in the country have all lost this week. And we haven't even gotten to tomorrow, which is the best day of the college basketball regular season. I mean, before either the conference tournaments, if that's what does it for you, or March Madness, tomorrow's the best day of college basketball all year. In the regular season, anyway. Uh, 11th ranked Arizona whooped up on Cal. They even covered 91-65. FIU lost at home to La Tech by 40. Mark, this just in. When you're 7-15 and 15 and you're losing home games by 40, you ain't coming back. It just, you're not going to be the coach next year. No, no, especially when the team that has the A in the middle is nationally ranked and you're the team with the I in the middle and you 7-15. and 15, yeah. Right. Uh, FGCU's won two in a row. They beat Central Arkansas by 23 on the road. And Stetson lost at North Alabama, 79-72. Women's hoops, South Carolina's 20-0. They beat Auburn by 22. Miami beat Wake by 18. Jacksonville and North Florida losers. FIU beat La Tech in women's hoops, 73-71. Another women's score, South Florida over Memphis, 69-46. Finally, golf. You know, we said this a couple of weeks ago, and people got mad at us because they love Pebble Beach. It's pretty. But uh, it, it's short. And if the wind doesn't blow, and we mean blow, they tear that course up. German Thomas Detry with a 963. With a one-shot lead over Patrick Cantlay at the Clam Bank, which is really not the Clam Bank. I give Jordan Spieth credit. He was asked, you know, about the tournament this year with no amateurs on the weekends and, you know, half the amateurs that are normally in it and half the field that's normally there. And he said, yeah, uh, this ain't Bing Crosby's tournament. No, it's not. By the way, the LIV gets their season underway. You know, John Rahm. Today in Mexico, I believe 115 shotgun start. Do you like the shotgun start? Yeah, or nay. Yeah, I think it's a great idea for TV. I really do. But obviously, it limits the amount of people you can have on the golf course. I do think they need to, for Sundays, 
They need to make sure that the leaders are all playing, you know, whoever's in the final three, four, whatever groups, they need to be the final three, four, whatever groups in reality, not just on the scoreboard. I don't think you can have the guy winning the tournament on the fourth hole because he teed off on five, if you know what I mean. No, I, I, I got you. Because, you know, the stands are set up at 18 and the cameras and all that. So Right. Anyway, nine minutes before the hour, that was... That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. Pat Kerwin, live from the Senior Bowl in a shade more than an hour. And we'll get into anything all- there interests you? Did anything well what you talked about upcoming interests me. And you know me, I'm always looking for the next thing, but I am fired up for tomorrow's college basketball slate. It is a really good day at college hoop. You start with the St. John's and Connecticut game. I think that's a what either a noon or a two o'clock tip. I think it's a mighty I think, nooner. I think it's a nooner. And then the day just gets rolling. Duke and Carolina, Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, Houston and Kansas, I mean, three great games, all highly ranked teams. It should be a terrific day of college basketball. And I watched that Wisconsin-Nebraska game last night, watching Nebraska's comeback. I'm starting to get my college basketball juices going, David. I, so, a little bit of college hoop on the brain. I like it. I like it, yeah. Uh, every day, seemingly a big day in the Big 12 as well. There's matchups uh, all over the place. UCF hosting Oklahoma. That's another nationally ranked team coming to Orlando tomorrow at 4 o'clock. But, yeah, Big Fox at noon, baby. UConn and St. John's, Hurley and Patino. A lot of yelling at the refs. Not, not They actually don't curse very much, but a lot of yelling. Patino says he doesn't yell at the refs. You should have saw the quotes from the officials when reporters went to the officials and said, uh, it says, Patino says he doesn't yell at you guys. They're like, oh, I don't know who's been on the sidelines for the last 30 years then. (laughs) (laughs) So, Miller and Moulton. Thanks so much for being with us on this Football Friday.